made in the UK for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Hello. Somehow we're in July already. How did that happen? Here's what's coming up on today's show. I just thought that everybody's looking for inspiration. Everybody's looking for answers. Why don't I make an attempt at bringing together almost 90 experienced IT professionals, MSP owners, and get their one thing which they attribute their success to and somehow pull it all together. We're also going to be looking at how you can appear higher up search results on Google just by doing some basic SEO, search engine optimization. And we've got some rules for websites. Two of the most trafficked pages on your website are the homepage and the About Us page. What can you do to make them more persuasive to the prospects you want to reach? Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Anyone who's been in this game for a number of years can see just how much has changed over the last five years, never mind the last 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, IT is always by its very necessity, been a, a fast-changing thing. And if you look at the four to five years that I've been in this world, you know, I can see so many more people now having embraced the MSP model, quite right too, with all its lovely recurring revenue. And for those that are still stuck in break fix, the number one question on their mind is, how do I get out? How do I generate more recurring revenue and, you know, change to being a managed service provider? But it's also possible at this point, I think, to look forward and to see what's next for for MSPs to, to see the next step of the transition. And I think it's almost reasonably clear to assume that every MSP today will in time, and who knows when this will happen, but in time will become an MSSP, a managed security services provider. Because very few people now handle the hardware. You know, when was the last time you took a computer apart and actually replaced something inside? You probably haven't done that for some time. Software is the thing you're spending still quite a lot of time on, but we can see a trend for that going forward. You're going to have less and less to do with the software, and it's going to become more and more about the security. How much of your team's time right now is spent on security? How much time do you spend proactively protecting your clients, looking for security solutions, trying to find ways to stop them from being attacked in the first place so you don't have to spend a huge amount of time fixing them? Because we all know what a nightmare it is fixing someone when they have been breached. And I think this is clearly the future. And I think it's going to be a, an evolution rather than a revolution. You may never actually call yourself an MSSP, but it's certainly something that you're going to be doing more and more of in the years ahead. And if this is something that your business isn't very good at now, it's something that you certainly need to start learning. It's something you need to start training in you can see very clearly that those businesses that get good at cybersecurity faster than their competitors will have a competitive advantage. However, having said that, the MSPs that win in the next five to 10 years aren't going to be those that are just very good at what it is that they do. Because of course you can buy in a lot of the services and you can train your staff. Anyone can do that. You can add that core competency to your business. No, no, the MSPs that do really well in the years ahead are gonna be the ones that market it the best. And I've been saying this for a number of years now that if you take two or three MSPs and they all do roughly the same thing, which everyone does do more or less the same thing, you just do it in different ways. The ones that win will be the ones that get better faster at marketing and sales. Because it's the marketing and sales that make the big difference because you're selling to people who don't understand what it is that you do. At a cognitive level, they cannot tell the difference between a good MSP and a bad MSP. 
And that's going to be exactly the same when you're an MSSP. They won't be able to tell the difference between the two. In fact, there's a key word that you'll be looking to build between you and your prospects in the years ahead. It's very valid now, but it will be even more valid when you are offering much more cybersecurity solutions. And that word is trust. Think about your bank. Think about the bank accounts you have with your bank. Now, you may have opinions about how badly banks behave during economic crises, but if you think about your bank, they are trying very hard all the time to demonstrate trust. You go back 100 years ago when they had physical great big vaults in all their bank branches. That was about building trust. I mean, it was partly about not being robbed, but it was about building trust. If you give us your money, your money will be safe. And you look now at the kind of bank security that they put in place. And sometimes it seems a little bit backwards and clunky and not easy to use. But their overriding primary thing is safety. You give us your money, Mr. or Mrs. Client, and we will keep your money safe. You haven't got to worry about your money with us. That's all about trust. And it'll be exactly the same for an MSSP. It has to be about trust. Because if someone's trusting you to keep their business safe from a cybersecurity point of view, then you've got to show that you can be trusted. And this starts at the marketing. It all starts at the marketing. How do you demonstrate trust within marketing? Well, I believe that comes from a number of things. First of all, your website has to look and feel like a modern, up-to-date website. Of course, you've got to be all over things like your SSL and any other security software that you can put into the website to just make it seem safer. Some people will scan your website for security problems. They will throw it through a couple of automated tools online. So you should do exactly the same thing and make sure your website is locked down. But more importantly than that, it's got to look like a modern website. It's got to feel like a modern website. If the website feels old, and remember, people are comparing your website to all other websites. It's not other MSPs, it's all other websites. So it's got to feel highly secure, but also I think in the content you use, you've got to come across in a trustworthy way. People have got to be able to read your content and immediately have a feeling, and it is a feeling in their heart, in their stomach, that they can trust you. Because people who don't know and don't understand what it is that they're buying don't make cognitive decisions, remember, they make emotional decisions. They look at a website and they say, do you know what? We can trust these guys. I like the look of these guys. They feel good to me. And that's exactly what we want to leverage on. And it's all done through your website. Now, I believe it's going to be through excessive amounts of content that you can achieve this. And virtually every MSP in the years ahead, as you transition to MSSP, as well as training up your staff and adding on brand new solutions, you're going to need to get good at content marketing as well. You need to be outputting huge amounts of content marketing. And I'm talking written stuff, I'm talking graphics, and I'm talking especially video. You see, someone who's seriously considering using you will want to know more about you and your business. But they don't really want to know about you and the team. They want to know about what you think about things. They want to know about what you're saying, what you're recommending, what you're thinking, what your clients say. And all of these could potentially make great videos. In fact, in an ideal world, you'd offer people the choice of watching a video about that subject and then reading about it in text. Some people want text, other people want videos. Let's give them what it is that they want. And we've got to give them loads and loads of content. Now, you've got a few years to get your head around this, but I do think all MSPs are going to have to be great content creators. It doesn't mean you have to do that in-house, by the way. You've got amazing platforms like Fiverr.com, Upwork, 
people per hour, and one I've recently come across, which is copify.com. All of which the links for these will put in the show page on my website, but these make it easy for you to create content. And there will be similar video marketing services as well. At the moment, all I've found is people that make videos for you on fiverr.com, which is fine, but there will be at some point some service that will help you to churn out video. To ask a question that a prospect might ask and to say, right, let's create a 30 to 60 second video that will answer that question for the prospect. We'll put it on the FAQ section of our website and those who've got that question are much more likely to go and view it. And in doing so, it'll build some trust for us. This is a very, very, very powerful marketing thing to do. But don't wait three, four, five years to do it. Think about that today. If you think about the security solutions you've got in place today, I'm sure you've got some level of software, you've got a systematic way of working in a specific way. How can you leverage that now? How can you create content about that now? And don't create content about the specific solutions. You know, if you use a particular piece of software that you buy from a vendor, that's not really of interest to your future clients, your future prospects. They don't care about the specific solutions you use. They don't care about you. They care about what you can do for them. So talk about outcomes. That's what it's all about in marketing. It's outcomes. With our security solution, you're safe because we're protecting you in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you've got a 99.9% chance of us picking up a problem before it ever affects you. I realize we've got to be careful not to boast when it comes to security solutions. I mean, that's just inviting problems, isn't it? But you can certainly talk about the clever things that you do and the outcomes, because it's the outcomes that encourage people to buy from you. Do you know, this would be a great discussion to have on a Facebook group. I've got a Facebook group called MSP Marketing, and it strikes me that at some point I'm maybe going to have to rebrand that as MSSP Marketing. Anyway, it's a great Facebook group, and if you're not already a member, because hundreds and hundreds, more than 800 MSPs around the world are already members, and it is a vendor-free zone, come and join us there. If you just go onto Facebook, uh, type in MSP Marketing into the search bar, Go on to groups and we are the top result, MSP Marketing Facebook group. This is the kind of thing that we discuss in there and I'd love to see you in there. Here's this week's clever idea. So talking about websites, earlier on this year, at the beginning of the year, before all this lockdown nonsense started, I put on a big event for MSPs in the UK. It was called my MSP Ultimate Net Profit Bootcamp, and we talked about so much over a two-day period. Here's a clip of me talking about the things that you need on the two most important pages of your website. You then need a very well-written homepage and, and a very well-written About Us page, because those two are the most trafficked pages on your website. So most of your traffic, when you're looking at your analytics, typically, not always, it goes to the homepage and it goes to the About Us page. The homepage is the summary of the business and it should be more about the prospect than it should about you. It's never really about you, it's more about the prospect. Uh, and then the About Us page, even though it's called an About Us page, it's actually, again, about the prospect and not about you. The About Us page is actually your greatest selling page. It's an incredibly powerful page. Um, you might choose to have a second video on there, which might be you talking to the camera. It might be your idea of hell. But if you can do something like that, that would be a very powerful thing to do. And the other thing you need is lots of photos of real people. Not stock images, not network cables, not server racks. Oh, look at that, look at that server racks. See how tidy we are. <laughs> that, could be, that could be my new video for my homepage. Oh, server racks. Um, but re real people. Um, people that look like you. Sometimes the question comes up of, but my staff don't want to, don't give them the option. 
My staff don't want to be photographed, don't give them the options. Let's see some passion! Let's, oh my god! I'm trapped here! Let's see some passion, come on! Exactly, but exactly, so, so here's the thing, because you don't have to beat everyone, you've only got to beat a couple of other people. You don't have to be better than all the other IT companies, you've just got to be better than a couple of your close competitors. And by better, we mean more emotional. That, do you know when I thought, oh, I could, I could teach emotional marketing to IT people, I didn't realise it would be that hard. <laughs> um, your backstory is really, really important. It's, it's the reason. If you haven't got a good one, make it up. If you've forgotten because you've been doing it for 20 years, just embellish it a little bit. Backstories are great uh, in, as part of that. Like we were saying with Sam, the reason that we do this is because we've, we've been doing this for 20 years since we started the business. I started the business as a 20-year-old, passionate to help clients, and that business, that passion's still there today. Whether it is or not. That's because that's the kind of thing that people buy. So your backstory is really important. Evidence of expertise is absolutely important. Now, I don't mean by saying, we are a Microsoft Gold partner, because they don't know what that means, other than it's got the word gold in it. Um, but you can, you can, any little qualifications and things, you can put them on. They're just not, not going to have the effect that, that they might have on you. Um, but things like talking about, if you've got lots of people, show me a picture of all your team. Talk about how many people you've got. How many technical years have you got? Even if you've only got three staff, you've probably already got 20 technical years. In the, you know what I mean by technical years? He did seven years, he's done four, she's done six. You put all of those together, that kind of thing. Um, then we've got the benefits of using you. Most people focus their marketing on features and not on benefits. What do we mean? What's the difference between the two? Well, let's think about your car. Um, your car has, uh, Sam, remind me, what do you drive? Tiguan. A, a, what, Tiguan. Yeah. So you've probably got um, pre-tension seat belts. You've got crumple zones, obviously, because it's 2020, everyone's got crumple zones. You've probably got um, sensors that pull the pedals down away from your soft, fleshy feet in the event of an accident and all of that. Kind of, all of these are features. The benefit is Sam can drive that car like it's stolen, and when he crashes it, he won't die. That's, that's essentially the, the benefit of that. I know, no, you don't, I know you're a very sensible driver. Yes. The, the, benefit, the benefits of using you are completely different to the features. The features are the things that you do. So you're a Microsoft Gold Partner. So who cares? I know it, it opens doors for you, but to, unless they're of a particular kind of business that is looking for something, a very specific solution, it really doesn't have any effect on them. So you offer this or you offer that. Who really cares? How many times have you sat down in front of a client and they've said to you, oh, I want to make sure we have a so-and-so-and-so-and-so solution? Don't they most of the times give you the problem and then you come up with a solution? Paul's blatant plug. I'm not doing any live events at the moment for fairly obvious reasons, but I do have some online training courses that are available on my website. In fact, there's a brand new resources section there, which is absolutely chock full of free stuff for you. There's a webinar in there that you can listen to, there's some guides you can download, and I also recommend a whole series of different services that lots of other MSPs benefit from. To see all of this, you just go onto my website. It's Paul Greens mspmarketing.com and go up into the navigation and click on resources or you can just go there directly Paul Green's mspmarketing.com slash resources The Big Interview Hi my name is Mark Copeman I am a, an author producer uh, and I also think entrepreneur as well which is a great label to give yourself, isn't it? We all want to have that, that entrepreneur label, but you actually are an entrepreneur because you've created some fairly major things in the last few years. What you're perhaps best known for was being involved in the start of Custom Thermometer, which was, was that about 10 years ago you did that? 
Yeah, 2010, we started that, Paul, and um, it was it was probably the, the, the first one-click feedback survey tool uh, on the market, and there's a good few of them out there now. That is where I discovered this wonderful world of, of IT support in, and the managed service provider industry, and um, sort of quickly fell in love with it, if I'm really honest. And when did you exit that business, Mark? Uh, a couple of years ago, 2018. Um, uh, we built it up to a really decent business, a team of 10. And um, I decided the time was right for, for me to move on, do something else. Uh, I love variation, as anyone who knows me will know. And um, we are still incredibly good friends and we help each other out all the time. But um, yeah, I'm still a massive advocate for what the team do and, and still passionate about what, um, what I helped to create. Yeah, and I have some clients who use customer thermometer as well, and they absolutely swear by it. They say it's a, it's a, it's a great way of getting that feedback. So your first post-exit project was something called Help Desk Habits. Tell us what that is. I guess I became um, incredibly uh, involved in, 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 in customer thermometer. Uh, the first two or three years, we decided to try and differentiate ourselves uh, through our customer support we could have been another faceless software company, and we decided not to be that. Uh, we spent a huge amount of time and energy getting it right and, and just to, trying to do the right things by customers. When I then sort of went more on the road uh, virtually and, and, and physically and talked to literally hundreds and hundreds of MSPs around the world, I, I quickly discovered that they were sort of having the same sort of problems in terms of how to differentiate and, and how to get that customer experience really, really ticking because it can make such a huge difference to both bottom line and top line. And so I decided, having had all that behind me, I swung back in my chair for a little while and then I decided in um, September 2018, I was going to do something about it because I really believe in this area and I know people needed some help. So that's why I decided to write the book and then subsequently the online program as well. What kind of an impact has that program had on the MSPs that have gone through it? It's, it's it's quite humbling, actually, Paul, to to receive feedback on anything that you do, and and the the, the words and the comments that I've had around the effect it's had on businesses has, has been extraordinary. And I'm you know I'm able to put those up on the website, and um, you know I'm not making this stuff up. It, it's real and it's tangible. And I think what's what's wonderful is that I sort of combined something else I picked up on two or three years ago, this habits concept with the customer experience, because uh, you know we've all been on courses, we've all you know, been on training courses and learned some stuff. But actually, uh, what typically happens is, you know, you pick up a bunch of tactics and then you go back to the office with great intention. But, you know, within two or three weeks, things start to default back to how things were. And there's <laughs> a lot of science behind that. So I think for me, being able to combine those two things has meant businesses have really truly embedded some of these tactics and techniques and so as a result, they're seeing long-term change, which is at the end of the day, what, what everybody needs to do if they're going to make an impact in this area. Absolutely. Now, the reason I wanted to get you on the show in particular was your new book, which came out in May, and it's called MSP Secrets Revealed. Tell us how you had the idea for this, because this is perhaps one of the most unique books I've ever read in this space. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but being uh, involved in this industry now for the last, um, I guess, six or seven years... I've been involved in other industries too, and I believe that this, this IT world is, is quite unique in the way that people are so happy to share their ideas. So competitors in the same town will sit around the same table together when we were allowed to sit around tables and share ideas uh, and swap notes. And I just find it incredible. I just thought that like, everybody's looking for inspiration. Everybody's looking for, for answers. And sometimes, you know, you go to that that mentor type person or to one of your peers and you have a chat. And I just thought, well, look, people can do that. Or why don't I make an attempt at bringing together 
uh, almost 90 experienced IT professionals, MSP owners, and get their take, you know, their one thing which they attribute their, you know, perhaps success to, or even, you know, in some cases they've learned from, you know, a failure, and try and tease that out of them and, and somehow pull it all together. <laughs> and, um, uh, well, I've done it. It took me a lot longer than I was expecting, but it's been quite a, a journey. And um, I have to say, I've just sort of fallen in love with so many of the things that come through, and I've personally learned a huge amount. That you have. And you, you told me that you thought it would be as simple as send out 100 emails, you get 100 emails back, and you, know, you sort of pick out the best 80 of them for the book. But it was a little bit more work than that, wasn't it? I think I wrote about 400. I approached about 400 MSPs in the end. Look, people don't always have the time, they don't have the inclination, and, and that, that's fine. That's completely understandable, particularly when you don't know me from Adam. Why should you contribute? But I did persevere, and it's been a combination of people like your good self, you know, submitting their thoughts um, you know, as a piece of prose, which was, which was great. Um, and that was probably half of the, of the inputs. And then the other half really was me getting on the phone and having conversations a bit like this one. And at conferences around lunch tables and uh, people see me with a clipboard approaching and run off in the opposite direction. But uh, <laughs> I did manage to persuade enough people. So I think we've got 85 and that's turned into 101 secrets uh, now revealed. Perfect. Absolutely great. I've got my, my copy here. You can hear. And, uh, and I've, I've, I have read my own section on yeah, page what 191. Page on, Paul? Uh, can you page, remind me? Yeah, page 191. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Which is about the, uh, the profit matrix. The profit, yes, this, wonderful. Yeah, Brilliant. There's even a little diagram in there as well. But, you know, I, you sent me a, a preview copy about a week before it was published. And I sat in my garden on a Friday evening with a beer and I read half the book. And then it was a case of, oh, I've got to put my daughter to bed now. And uh, read the rest over the weekend. It's absolutely, it's, it's utterly packed. Um, so this is, this is definitely the kind of book that I think every MSP should get. It should go on the, you know, the, the, the recommended reading for, for everyone. I know Nigel Moore at the Tech Tribe is a big fan. I'm a big fan of it as well. So is this something that we should buy on Amazon or do you have a website for it? Uh, yeah, if you go to msp-secrets.com, I'll just uh, search for it on Google, you'll find it. And then there's a little bit of background and uh, the various links to, to Amazon. And um, I've even, I've had some requests, the uh, poor old Aussie friends, they can't get paperback down in, in Australia. So I'm even taking orders for that and mailing it out just to keep a few Aussies happy, which is, which is nice. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Ask Paul anything. Hi, my name is Adam from J2 Technology. How do I appear higher up in Google searches? Great question, Adam. Thank you very much. What we're really talking about here is search engine optimization, SEO, which is the process of making sure that your website appears higher up when someone Googles for an IT support company in your area. Don't make the mistake that some MSPs make that it's about making sure your business appears high up when people Google your business. I mean, that should happen already. If that doesn't happen, you've got a serious SEO problem. But those people who are already searching for your business, they know about your business, they're looking for you, we're gonna reach those people already. What we're interested in are the people who type in IT support, your town, and they then go and click on some results. Now, I'm not an SEO expert at a technical level. I actually ran an SEO company for six weeks for a friend. When was that? That was back in 2017, I think. And he had bought an SEO company and he was in the process of selling it. And I went to run it for him for six weeks after his managing director dropped out. And that was quite a stressful gig. But I learned a huge amount about SEO along the way. And I learned that there's essentially two parts to SEO. There's on-site and there's off-site. So on-site is stuff that you do on your website. And, you know, 10 years ago, it was all about keyword stuffing, wasn't it? And we'd see these websites with bizarre lists 
lists of places that we cover and lists of names and services. And that's very, very much an old hat way of doing SEO. In fact, Google would detect something like that these days and would not be particularly impressed with it. The on-site stuff is more about content. We'll come back to that in a second. Then there's the off-site stuff. And the off-site stuff is primarily links to your website. And there's a whole other series of geeky, techy things that I don't really understand. In fact, I can't even remember the exact terminology that was used by the SEO experts. But that's it. If you were to break SEO right down, it's about what you've got on your website and what other people have got on their websites linking to your website. There's two core activities that you can do. The first thing I would highly recommend that you do, and the thing that will make the biggest difference is generating quality content for your website. That seems to be a theme of this podcast, doesn't it? But it's absolutely true. Original, good quality content generated by you on your website. You can't take content provided by services such as my MSP Marketing Edge. I mean, we put a lot of great quality content out, but we've got a lot of members. And if all of them put it on their website, then Google will detect that and lots of people would be penalized for duplicate content because Google hates duplicate content. So you need to take content and either have it rewritten by a writer or just generate your own content. You know, get a writer to interview you, to find out what's in your head. Record yourself in a sales meeting, secretly of course. The answers that you give to clients and prospects when they ask you questions is exactly the kind of content that you can put onto your website. Record yourself, get it transcribed and create original content that way. Creating content is actually quite easy when you don't sit down to write stuff, when you get either someone else to write it for you or you sit and talk and then you get it dictated. But certainly your MSP should be absolutely committed totally committed to generating high quality content, ideally on a weekly basis, because Google really, really does notice this. You know, I think good SEO, and there's lots and lots that you can read and find out about SEO, and I'll give you some websites in a second to go and have a look, but good SEO really comes down to having great content, and that's what Google wants. It wants great content, original content from you on your website. So that's the first part of it. The second part then is to get more links. Now, the reason that Google became famous in the very first place was that Larry and Sergey, back in the late 1990s, when they were at, was it Harvard they were at? They figured out a way to build a search engine that was more accurate and more relevant than all of the other search engines out there. Do you remember AltaVista? Do you remember Ask? Wow, those are the search engines we used back in the day. But Larry and Sergey, they were the first ones to figure out, actually, if other websites are linking to this website, then that must make it important. And they came up with the concept of the page rank. Now, page ranking is still an important part of Google's algorithm, as Kyle Sutton from SolarWinds was talking about just a few weeks ago on the podcast. It's still an important part of Google deciding that your page is important. So you should be looking to generate links links into your website. Now you can pay an SEO company to go and do this for you. It is a slightly risky behavior having people generate artificial links. And you've also got to look where those links are coming from. Are they good quality links? Or, and this is my view of it, or you can generate incredibly good content on your website People will find that content and they will just link to it. And you look at some of the most heavily trafficked websites on the web and they have great content that people are just naturally linking to. There's no artificial link building that's going on. People want to link to that great content because it's great content. 
And I'll give you some websites to go and look at for examples of great content. Now, HubSpot is the first one, HubSpot.com. HubSpot is actually a CRM. It's a whole bunch of marketing tools, but they have been on top of content marketing for years, absolutely years. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that HubSpot has hundreds, if not thousands of quality inbound links because they have some exceptional marketing content on their website. Another one that's worth looking at is neilpatel.com. I love Neil Patel. He has an excellent website and some of the stuff that he does on his site, you should just copy. You know, you look at his site and you see the huge amounts of traffic he has because he tells you how much traffic he has and he tells you how he's done it. And it's all through generating incredibly detailed content that's actually easy for people like you and me to consume. So go and have a good look through Neil's site. Go and join his list as well. And there are some technical sites that you can have a look at. There's one I particularly like called Moz com moz.com. Now that's a series of SEO tools and software and advice. There's loads and loads of stuff on there of ways that you can do SEO yourself. And there's another one that's worth having a look at, which is semrush.com, which is a whole series of SEO tools that you can look at and use. The other alternative, of course, is to go and hire an SEO company. And I don't have a particular company I can recommend to you. We've tried a couple of SEO companies over the last couple of years, just to sort of be on top of the small detailed technical things that we can't be on top of. My SEO strategy is primarily around generating great content. And when I do find an SEO company that I can trust, believe me, I will be telling you about it in this podcast. But maybe in the spirit of DOA, delegate, outsource, automate, you should go and find someone that can just handle the sort of the techie elements for you. And of course, find a writer that can write content for you. This sounds like a good SEO strategy to me. How to contribute to the show. I've recently embedded something called SpeakPipe into the website. It's a very simple way for you to send a voice message to me for the podcast without having to record anything or faff about with your phone. You literally go onto my podcast page. There's a little orange button that says start recording just underneath the podcast itself. You press the button and you can record an audio clip. It's all done in the browser and it sends it off for you. It's very, very simple. And it means I'm starting to get some very cool feedback like this. Paul, this is Brian from Brightflow Technologies. You always have the coolest new tools. Thanks so much, man. Coming up next week. As much contractual revenue, the better. It doesn't need to be a three-year contract either. That was one of the biggest mistakes and the worst advice I would say that I got. The fact that I had a one-year contract and that it was evergreen, meaning it would just roll over into the next year automatically, they were totally fine with that. That's Linda Rose. She's the author of a book called Get Acquired for Millions. Isn't that a great book title? And she's going to be here next week telling you how to sell your MSP. We're also going to be talking about something that's been inspired by content from today's podcast. We've talked a lot about content marketing this week. Next week, I've got a book recommendation for you that's all about content marketing. In fact, I believe it's a bit of an eye-opener in how you approach your marketing. Tell you about that next week. I'm also going to give you a format for a case study. It's the perfect format. It takes your prospects on an emotional journey and makes it easier for you to influence them to buy from you. I'm going to tell you what that format is and also the perfect way to use it in every single sales meeting. See you next week. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.